We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Now it's called a sneaky link. For the kids listening, strange is what a sneaky link used to to mean. Yeah, back in my day. When I was your age. Yeah, I used to walk uphill both ways. <laughs> Welcome to the Holy Hour, a podcast about sex, relationships, mental health, and everything in between. I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Holy Hour. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Amelia Sampson. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Liz Ball So Hard. You can also watch us on YouTube or listen ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash theholyhour. Check out our merch at theholyhour.com and email us your spicy stories at holyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Oh my god, speaking of adult baby, I learned like a new kink where people... Like, it's like a diaper kink. Like, they'll, like, wear diapers like they're babies. But then, like, they'll, like, completely dress themselves in diapers. They'll, like, it's like an ABC party, but, like, not a party. They just go out with, like, they, like, cover their arms in diapers and, like, their legs. They do, like, leg warmers. they want everything to be diapers? Weird. And it's, like, part of the kink. Being completely covered in diapers. Um, Jordan Peterson... Oh god, it's not a good transition. I think it was today. He tweeted, he tweeted a picture of a cisgender heterosexual couple, so man and a woman, and the man has a baby kink, and somehow he circled it back to the gay community and Dylan Mulvaney specifically. Why? And I was like, how could you? Why would you look at a picture of a straight couple doing their weird kink? And think it was specifically gay. Because it's, it's not queer. That doesn't make any sense. I'm sure s- queer people have kinks, obviously. Yeah, but like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, in my experience, straight men have the weirdest kinks. <laughs> D- Dylan Mulvaney is really getting it. Like, she's really getting the brunt of all of this. It's so fucking stupid. Did you see people who are, like, driving over, like, their packs of Bud Light? Because, like, they did a deal with her. Like, you already bought it. Like, the fucking babies. Also, like... Yeah, you, they already have your money. Why do you care that much? Yeah. It's like... It's weird that... I I was uh, watching someone... I can't... I don't know who the person is. They were, like, answering a question in an interview, and he basically explained how Trump made these people think that politics were their identity. And... Yeah. I found a list of euphemisms for sex. Ooh. And I thought that was an interesting article because it says, like, the origin of them. And, like, a lot of them date back to, like, well, a very, like, hundreds and hundreds I of years I love ago. a good origin. I, you know I love a linguistic origin. You do. You're big into the lore of things. <laughs> just things. Just You just love lore. I do love lore. You mentioned lore twice last week. It's, it's a word that I... I'm using often now. Yeah. It's a, it's a good know. word. Yeah. Do you ever find a word that you're like, I'm going to find a reason to use this word? All the time. And I, I usually I use it, it incorrectly. <laughs> I do that as well. Thank um, you for saying that. But I think I figured it out. That's great. At least I figured out lore. That's fantastic. <laughs> Sounds right to me how you've been using it. Thank you. Um. Okay. So I'm just going to read a few. There's 130 of them. So I'm obviously not going to do all of those. I'm just okay. going to read the ones that there are origins for. Okay. Um, all right. 
<laughs> make the beast with two backs. <laughs> it's a line from Shakespeare um, in Othello. That, dates back to the 1500s. That reminds me of an episode in that 70s show. I probably have mentioned this before, but one of the characters is like, Donna and Eric are finally going to make the beast with two backs. And then Fez is like, oh. the Bacchosaurus. <laughs> oh my God. That's really funny. I want to rewatch that 70s show. I watched I, that that 90s show or whatever. The one that's like... Yeah, is it a flop? It fucking sucked. It like reads as like a Disney like mid... It actually, it feels like like a, a 2020 like Disney show. You know how they all got like a little too like... like Ch- chipper? Yeah, it's just like that. I hate it. The next one is give a girl a green gown. The origin of this is charming enough. This endeavor actually refers to lying down with a maiden in the green grass and dates back to the 1300s. Give a girl a green gown. I sort of try saying that. That's fun. Give a girl a green gown. Isn't that kind of fun to say? It is. I'm going to start saying it whenever I'm like propositioning anyone for sex. I'm going to be like, do you want to go? Give me my green gown. You want to go give a girl a green gown? And be like, what is that? Fuck me in the grass. Okay. Obviously. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Don't you know anything about linguistic origins of euphemisms? Do you know anything about medieval terms for sex? (laughs) Fucking idiot. Riding St. George. It's a vintage take on the cowgirl position that comes from the 1800s and the tale of St. George and the dragon. The person on top gets to play the dragon. I forget that people like from way back when also enjoyed sex. (laughs) and like also had a sense of humor because it's like when did people start shaming everybody about having sex and i think it's like when the puritans came over fuck the puritans or like you know yeah when they're like we're christian we're gonna go to america and make everything shitty I thought it was Columbus's fault. I feel like everything's Columbus's fault. Yeah, he does play a big hand in things. I, my ancestors could have been happy in Ireland. Yeah. I could have not existed, and that would have been amazing for me. That would have been fucked up I for me, though. That. So, have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Didn't think so. Listen, Liz. Yeah. Next time you think that you don't want to exist, <laughs> think stop about being me. so fucking selfish. <laughs> um, okay, have your corn ground. Oh, as corn was ground repeatedly by pounding it with a stone, this phrase carries considerable meaning and sounds like a classic fuck boy idea of great sex. Yeah, well, and like crushing something with a a stone. How is that sexy? You know, you know how like when we were reading our um, pussy rhymes, and I read you the one that like one of my guy friends did. You were like, oh, of course he talks about destroying vagina. Yeah, that's just I think just a thought that a lot of men have that like we just love violence we love when our cervix is like rammed open like a battling ram yeah speaking of that not to make this about me please recently my cervix was obliterated it's not a good feeling no and it was on accident but of course because it was also right before my period so your cervix is lower yeah that shit was dropped Ugh. and then i cried because i was in so much pain Uh, yeah i believe it there was one time when i was in high school my um high school boyfriend had to like carry me to my car oh my god and then i went home and sat in the bathtub because i was in so much pain oh yeah that was when he fingered you right no it was from sex oh yeah how old were you when you lost your virginity 18 18 you were still in high school oh yeah because you have an early birthday Mm -hmm. i have a late birthday i was only 18 in high school for like two days a minute yeah. yeah grope for trout in a peculiar river <laughs> that sounds like you know when people would say like i'm gonna go get some strange <laughs> yeah. did you do you remember that phase yeah but what was it strange and like strange pussy or whatever oh. it means like like hooking up with a stranger oh i'm gonna go get some strange well, that's so fucking funny i had only really heard it used once and i was like okay it's remarkable now it's called a sneaky link for the kids listening strange is what a sneaky link used to to mean yeah back in my day when i was your age i used to walk uphill both ways 
<laughs> okay, so grope for trout in a peculiar river. We have Shakespeare and the 1600s to thank for this little gem. This was the first fishy reference. We can't say we're a fan of this trend. And paved the way for all ocean-bound references to come, not to mention giving those people with vaginas paranoia, paranoia about cunnilingus for centuries. Cheers, Will. <laughs> this is also... um. I never saw what website this is from. It's really fun. It's called um, Live or Live. Live Sozy is S-O-Z-Y. Um, I think it's someone's blog. But like I fucking. It's so cute how it's written. Um, okay. Here's the last one. Okay. Give one's arse a salad. <laughs> Toss Date, the salad. Dates back to the 1600s. I love that. So they've been eating ass for a minute. They have been but tossing did it, salad. Did it mean the same thing? It must have. I love that. Um, so those are the fun little euphemisms, 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 euphemisms that I found. The other ones are like really boring. Um, oh, this is kind of fun. One word wonders for sex. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, uh, rattle through these. Fuck. Obviously shag. Obviously bone, bang, boink. I I do like boink. Screw, nail, stup. That's what my mom calls it. Stup. Yeah. Um, I think that's Yiddish. Uh, ball rut score and smash i think my favorite of all of those has to be boink and stup uh we have a friend who says bang oh my god that's true she does she's always like did you guys bang that's so funny she's so straight up about that shit i love her so much (laughs) i love her i wonder when she started saying bang she is just a she is a never-ending surprise that that woman um my one of my best friends from college always says bone bone yeah. it's a good one she has bone <laughs> i always say for some reason i decided that the past tense of bang is bung <laughs> so i'm always like did you guys bung or like yeah we bunged <laughs> people are always like bung when they hear it for the first time yeah. and they start using it bung because it feels good we bunged we bunged frank wrote some pussy rhymes <gasps> I can't wait to hear them. He d- Liz met Frank. I did, and I adore him. He's really great. I'm so happy you got to meet him. That was so like unexpected too. I was just like, yeah, I want him here invited, right now. You invited him on a whim. Yeah, and he was like, I'm there. So yeah, me and my side piece met him. Yeah, I love this new name for me him. Me too. I just, I'm like enjoying calling him. It's so fucking good. We were we're big fans. I went back to his place after and. He opened up his computer to show me something. He was wearing a corduroy shirt that he had just got when mm-hmm. he met y'all. He had Googled what to wear with corduroy because he was so nervous. Aww. He's And I saw it and he pointed out. He was like, I was really nervous. I didn't know what looked good with the corduroy. Like, I do shit like that job. all the time. He, ca- really he could look on Pinterest. Oh. That's a good place. I mean, he listens to the podcast. So yeah, there's, so there's Frank, a fun tip. Uh, you can always look at Pinterest because I found that sometimes Pinterest has better answers for what i'm looking for i love that i did that with tiktok yeah oh that's a that's also a good idea mm-hmm, or reddit anything reddit if i knew how to use it i I'm, just google what i'm thinking or like what i need an answer to and then put reddit at the end brilliant <laughs> and then i find a bunch of different things that are addressing the exact topic i am trying to find real responses to and they're all candid response they're all candid responses yeah that's why i like it yeah you don't get that very many places on the internet all right, so here are the pussy rhymes. Uh, someone DM'd us theirs. Oh my god, I love recently that. I believe. Pussy saves souls, baptized in it. Oh my god, amazing. Pussy makes swells, capsize in it. Pussy resurrects, can't die in it. Pussy so creamy, make pies with it. Oh, that's like a cream pie one. Pussy makes pussy synthesizing it. I know. Amazing. Whoa. Uh, the reason I thought we read this is because I read them to to my side bitch. Uh, oh, and the reason that they sound a little familiar is because after Frank told you one of his on Thursday, you read those to us. Oh, I read these to you guys too. See, I don't remember Thursday. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bussy on prep cream pies in it. Oh my God. Yeah. Like your butthole. Yeah. Bussy. Mm-hmm. Wow. This is truly an art that this is a gift that keeps giving. It really is. I I know I don't think I will ever get sick of hearing them or reading them. No. Um this episode is really all over the place so far. It really it truly is. It, this had, is all over the board. It's just such a mercury and retrograde moment. We had a lot of tech issues at the beginning and still we kind of are. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right. I'm wearing sunglasses now because my eyes are really sensitive today for some reason and the ring light is hurting them. Uh, the blue light glasses helped a little bit, but the Can sides are uncomfortable. These are so cute. Thanks. Did you get these from somewhere not Amazon? I got them on Amazon. <laughs> I should have just asked. <laughs> that would have been a better way for me to have asked that question. Did you get these on Amazon? From an actual uh, Did you get these from an establishment that is not Amazon? <laughs> I also got these sunglasses from Amazon. <laughs> They're really great. Thank you. I have to, I'm returning like $700 worth of shit from Amazon tomorrow. Ooh, yeah, I ordered that's for Coachella. That just like didn't work out for me. Um, I, Liz T. Ball. <laughs> First of all, when did I stop? When did I start calling you that? I think in Whidbey. That's when I remember. I was gonna say Whidbey too. It just rolls off the tongue. Liz T. Ball. Liz T. Ball. That is my name. Yeah, with my middle initial. Anyway, um, I on our sex podcast have a sex story i i am so excited that one of us finally has a sex story it's been a while because i my last sex story was just i was in pain yeah that's true damn and you know it's like when you think about it like (laughs) like not all sex is gonna be good Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. we had to have a flop you have to one of these times you have to it's i wouldn't call it, the whole thing wasn't a flop it was just the the part where i got hurt yeah you know right so that just kind of overrode the rest of it if you if you start yeah. crying it, well I, to be fair i didn't i wasn't in pain until afterwards because you were cramping yeah because mm, you're like oh i'm gonna puke because i'm in pain if there's still any confusion i mean all of the all of the people with penises that listen to our podcast are like so smart and well-informed mm-hmm. but if you're listening and you think that hitting our cervix is like good it's it's not no it's it hurts a lot it i would would you equate it to like getting hit in the nuts uh, maybe i think i might equate it to that it is really painful it's it's really really bad and cervixes it's like your cervix is like it doesn't have like a ton of nerve endings, but when you hit it hard, it like really fucking hurts. Yeah. It's connected to a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not fun. 
I wouldn't recommend. And then I was like, it's moments like this where I'm like, maybe childbirth will never be for me. <laughs> I mean, when I was getting my IUD taken out and put in, I, that was a moment I had. I was like, there's getting no- it taken out. Easy peasy. Oh, it's awful for me. Oh, I mean, I only got I've only had one taken out. Oh, I, sh- I need to get a new one. When I got it put in, that's when I was going to die. Anyways, tell talk about the sex, sex story your sex on uh the sex podcast let me get comfy last night i sent liz a voice note when i was driving back from frank's house because i was just like we were just trying to figure out like when we were going to be recording this week since i'm gone next week and like mid voice note i was like my brain isn't working because i just had sex so That's like how good bear with me i have not been able to stop thinking about this moment it was like I have never, I had such a weird orgasm in a good way. It was good. Okay. But it was not like anything I've ever experienced. Normally, so first of all, I've mentioned this in the past, Frank, A plus, A plus head giver. He's a generous lover. He, that dude, I, I've asked him, I asked him when he was doing it once. I was like, where did you learn Next how to do this? Next time I see him, I'm going to shake his hand. But you must. He is true. Like, he's, he's a legend. Congratulations on the sex. He's, inc- he's, it's, Yeah. I didn't, I honestly, this, this sounds like a hyperbole. I didn't know that sex could be that great. It's so great. But anyway. I love this for you. Enough gassing him up. He's going to get a big head. Um, <laughs> but usually. His hair is just going to get bigger. It's where he keeps all his secrets. <laughs> it's where he keeps all of the, I don't know. Compliments. All the, all all the, the gassing compliments, up. Um, maybe all of his sexual knowledge is in the hair. He took a sexuality class in college and he like learned a lot, like a human sexuality class. Oh my God. I would love to learn what he learned. Yeah, me too. He learned in that class how important foreplay is. It is important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I keep going. Okay. You off. No, you're fine. So normally since I've been on Prozac, like my libido hasn't gone anywhere, but like it takes longer for me to come. Mm-hmm. And like I tend to get in my head about that. I'm like... Okay, like come on amelia head in the game head in your game. head you're like yeah Ugh. it's like i gotta wrap this up because this is probably like this takes sucks. away the excitement yeah exactly you feel guilty you're like i don't want to have a guilty thing. orgasm no and i don't want it to feel like i'm like trying to rush along my experience for this person so i finally co- t- communicated that to him because he's so easy to talk to about shit and he was just like oh my god like i love doing this <laughs> yeah don't rush like a honestly a green flag is when um, a man that you're hooking up with is like they're they're trying to get you off for themselves you mm-hmm, know mm-hmm. like it's it's fun for them it's yep. it's uh, like self-fulfilling to be like i i want to get you off because that we all want we all feel that way i don't know how yeah. to explain it no it's i know like exactly when you what you're get saying. someone off you feel good about yourself yeah it's like i fucking did that yeah fuck like, yeah that's right yeah yeah I, that was that was me you know you're welcome <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah or who to come, come to back. and on. Um, <laughs> tr- yes. So we had we had sex and then he came and then I was saying like I was like I don't I don't know if I can come you know and mm-hmm. like and I I haven't faked with him because I don't want to and and you also you should, don't want to you know yeah that's the good word but also I I kind of always do you know because just like men that i've hooked up with just like are so they it's such an ego thing for them and it's just Mm -hmm. like i don't need you to i'm just gonna make you think i came you know wait you have done that yeah you do often wait yeah i fake orgasms like kind of a lot what yeah amelia since i've been on prozac yeah because it just takes so long i know and like they're not doing a good job and like i'm gonna do it better by myself why have you not been telling me this i don't know dude i mean like it's before i got on prozac you have so many casual admissions (laughs) where i'm just like what the fuck i i would have remembered if you told me this so you heard it here first amelia has been faking her orgasms not all of them but just a a handful quite a few but i have it with frank i need to hear about who you have faked orgasms with everybody i've talked about on this podcast (laughs) everyone except frank yeah phenomenal yeah oh my god we haven't had sex that many times because we've like we've just started dating but (coughs) but i don't want to fake with him i'm shook because he he really gives he's so like it matters to him and i know so i'm like i'm gonna actually take my time in this and enjoy it you know so i finally communicated it to him that is the loudest truck ever. 
I thought it was a plane. That feels intentional. That woke up Gatsby. It's just very old. It's a very old truck. Um, at some point, it's like, don't you? Yeah, at some you point, can, just kind of get a better chalk one. it up to an L. You know, it's probably more expensive to fix your car than get a new one. Yeah, and fill it up. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, yes, I've been faking, but haven't with Frank. And so I had this conversation with him where I'm like. Like, I'm really sorry because, like, I, I take Prozac and, like, it's kind of, like, makes my orgasms take longer. And he's, like, never apologize. Like, I could have kept going after you came, you know? Mm-hmm. So this was the first time since we had that conversation where I was, like, I don't need to rush. But I didn't think that I was going to want to come. And then I was, like, about to leave. And he was, like, do you mind if I like, go down on you for a little bit? And I'm, like, I'm not going to stop I you. give it a go? I'm not going to stop you. So, like, there was a gap between sex where i was like already like warmed up and mm-hmm. coming and i came so fast and i think it was because i like leaned into it but also there was something like it was i explain it like normally like i feel like i don't know where the top of the roller coaster is and then i have an orgasm you know i can like uh, feel it building mm-hmm. this was like zoop, zoop, like really fast and i have never shook that much in my life he was like a quaking orgasm it was was, even beforehand though like even i was just like like you know that um somatic healing thing (laughs) it was like that he was calling me mount vesuvius um (laughs) but i was like i couldn't control my body and i was like when i started to come i haven't talked about sex on here in so long this is like i feel like nervous i i'm I, you're right like, yeah we haven't really you haven't so t- long. talked about like a specific sexual experience that is recent yeah in like in 50 episodes yeah <laughs> literally um but he could like tell that i was like gonna come hard and he like held on to my legs and like flipped me on my side and i don't know what the fuck happened to me i blacked out <laughs> but when i came to I had so much energy. Like normally when I come, I'm like for like a sec and then I'm like up. I was just like up. I was like, I was, I said to him, I'm like, I feel like I'm using a hundred percent of my brain right now. (laughs) Like I was just like. He gave you an orgasm so good (laughs) that it turned into, what's that fucking movie where he takes the pill and knows everything? Limitless. Yeah. (laughs) You had an orgasm so good. It became limitless. That's exactly what it felt like. Isn't that Matthew McConaughey? Wasn't it Bradley Cooper? Oh, yes. They're all the same white guy. They're the same fucking guy. Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey have the same kind of like vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And Owen Wilson. I always get Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey mixed up. What? But that's also like, I always got like shoulders and elbows mixed up as a kid and nickels and dimes. And I feel like it's just Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey are victims of that. (laughs) They're nickels and dimes. Yeah. They're all nickels (laughs) and dimes. You know, one of them's worth more, but. (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys are worth the same. Who would you say is worth more? Owen Wilson. Me too. But like Matthew McConaughey is like kind of killing it in the acting game. I just don't like him. Yeah, he he seems a little insufferable. Yeah. Anyways, continue about so, this this limitless orgasm. I bring this up to say, outside of us having a sex podcast. How, so when did when did he flip you on your side? Right when I started to come, he like he like took he like had my legs and he was like still between my legs and he just like kind of rolled me on my side. So then he's like. Yeah. Head sideways. Yeah. Okay. And I was, I don't even know, dude. Who know? I truly don't remember what happened. Why after did that. he roll you on your side? Because I was like. Going to kick him in the face. Apparently I move. I buck a lot when I, when he's eating me out. I truly lose entire control of my body. I don't know. And he's like, he has to like hold me in place because uh-huh. like his neck gets sore. <laughs> and Jesus that Christ. makes sense. It's, I'm saying this out it's loud. It's like and testing I'm like, a, a airbag. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I give him whiplash. Pussy so good. No. Whiplash in um, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, but he listened to last week's podcast. And this man is so, like, dedicated to me feeling good and also him feeling good, too. He was listening to the podcast and heard about the sex store conversation we were having. Mm-hmm. And... um. You talked about spreader bars. Mm-hmm. And homie went on Adam and Eve and bought a spreader bar. With our discount code. With our code. Holy. H-O-E-L-Y. 
and got a spreader bar and it's being delivered after I get back from Hawaii. So in some ways he's getting the spreader bar to keep you in place. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> to right. To tie you down. That's exactly, that's what he said. He was like, you just, I just Brilliant. need you to not have, not move. At some point it's like not even kinky. It's just logistics. Yeah. He's like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But like the, the idea of like me not being able to like, I'm fucking hyped. I know you said they're like a little, um, what's the word you use? Uh, I think I said maybe inconvenient. Inconvenient. Well, because like they can be difficult. Like when you're actually having sex, they can be a little difficult. Yeah. Like, cause they do kind of get in the way. Right. Especially depending on where you are. Like if you have it on your ankles, that's usually where it is. Right. But it can like kind of get in the way, but it's like, I would say it's like probably the best use for foreplay. Uh huh. Um, but Otherwise, if you're think, because if you're thinking about it, like think about the positions you end up in, mm-hmm. and just like a bar being between your legs, and you guys are trying to have sex. Yeah, that's true. That is it's a little. A little gets a little. Get, gets a little complicated. Uh huh. I'm gonna make an Amelia pretzel. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to try it. I'm really excited to try it. I'm I'm excited to hear this, how it goes. This orgasm, though, I don't know. I have never. I seriously like. There is a theory that orgasms. Um, like take men's energy and women get energy from having uh, orgasms. Well, I mean, that's what it seems like. Dudes like pass the fuck out after having an orgasm. Mm. And I think it's because their job is done biologically. <laughs> biologically. They can just, they can just go and hibernate. Like, They've spread I guess their that seed. would kind of make sense. If it gives you energy after, you got to this make a baby. Yeah. You have to wait for, you have to like have energy for the sperm to, get to the a i don't know yeah but I'm, also i'm just improvising right no, now. no it's i'm not a doctor know. i mean you could be I, <laughs> listen i could be a mm-hmm. doctor i choose not to be a doctor right she, they actually tried to give her her phd and she was like no thanks i choose to be miserable working in marketing okay yeah that's my choice and that's that's a sacrifice that you've made mm-hmm. and that's pretty beautiful Liz. yeah i'm accepting less money and more misery someone has to do it she's a giver me. she's a giver <laughs> yeah but I'm like this whole Adam and Eve like partnership that we have going has it's or it's <laughs> enhanced my sex life already. Uh-huh. I'm so fucking hyped. I'm so excited to try. I mean, it. I'm going to use our own code. I'm not lying. Oh, yeah. No, for, for sure. sure. For sure. I've been looking at the uh, the wedges, the sex wedges. Well, yeah, you've been talking about that because like doggy is fun, but I. It can be too painful for me sometimes. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big person. Mm-mm. And Mr. Liz is a foot taller than me. Okay. So let's think about Sorry, that. Sorry, who? Um, my side bitch. Oh, right. Okay. Is a f- entire <laughs> foot taller than me. Yeah. He, yeah. And I'm, I'm not going to go into specific details about his penis, but anything that is bigger than like maybe four inches is going to be kind of big for me. Mm-hmm. Especially in doggy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like a straight shot. I can't see your eyes right now. And it's really, really making me nervous. <laughs> I don't, I mean like, please keep them on. Cause it's good for you. But I'm, I'm nervous. What? I feel like I'm talking to like Julia Fox. <laughs> Cause these are intimidating sunglasses. They really are. Like um, you're a vibe right now. But I suppose you can't like really see my eyebrows as much. So no. yeah, I, you just aren't seeing me at being I feel as like I'm expressive. talking on the phone with you, which is always scary. Um, I have been complaining to Mr. Liz that I, I mean my side bitch, that I am like, he's mysterious, you know? Yeah. He just has kind of a mysterious vibe and I don't have any mystery. I'm just like an open book. Here I am on this podcast talking about my entire sex life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of my mental issues and <laughs> the things that my therapist says to me, I, like there's not a single secret about me. Yeah. You know? Right. And, and then he was like, well, like that's, you're outgoing and amiable and like, that's also great. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but you could still be mysterious by dressing mysterious. Ooh. And I was like, I hadn't thought of that. He's so. like, cover up them ankles, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and just Keep dress like guessing. a nun. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, who is she? Yeah. Pilgrim Liz era. <laughs> Why is she holding someone's hand? <laughs> oh my God. Oh, she's like a risky nun. <laughs> so he's been making sure he tells me when I look mysterious. I love that. And those these are, sunglasses help. Those are affirmations that Maybe everyone deserves. Maybe this is why I like wear all black. Maybe. I'm trying to, I want to have that mysterious, like, 
femme fatale thing, but that's just never going to be me, and I'm coming to terms with that. Well, you've gone through a lot of changes in the past, like, five years. That's true. Who knows? Maybe, like, 35-year-old Liz is going to be like, I am in my femme peak, fatale. P- yeah. Peak femme fatale era. Peak femme fatale, mis- mysterious none. lady. Oh, <laughs> oh none. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, okay, back to Adam and Eve. Liz is going to get a wedge. I'm going to get, I need to get some toy cleaner. That's a good idea. Because I've been using hand soap. I don't mm. think that that jives well with my pH balance. No. So I'm going to get some toy soap. I need to get some cuffs because my roommates in college got me handcuffs like as a joke, like a joke gift freshman year because I was like when I lost my virginity. And you were like, wait. Yeah, but they are like straight up like cop cuffs. They're like oh. metal cuffs. That's painful. Yeah. And like scary because they like have a key. Oh, where's what, the key? And what if you lose the key? That's exactly right. You should get the, you should get like little leather ones. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So anyway, once again, if you want to use our code holy on Adam Eve, it's just AdamEve.com. Mm-hmm. But if you look up AdamEve.com, you'll find it. Um, but you'll get 50% off an order uh, in the US or Canada, um, discreet shipping. So if you live with people that you don't want to know that you... <laughs> Have ordered a giant dildo. Yeah. Two big rabbit vibrators. Yep. And a vibrating whip. <laughs> They'll never know because it's discreet shipping. Mm-hmm. But this, like, working with them has been so dope because it's just like, they, they have everything on this website. Truly. And they've been around for so, they're like the, like, our founding fathers of sex toys. I like that it's more than just toys, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they also have things like, you know, restraints and the sex pillow mm-hmm. the sex triangle yes um, and triangle. the spreader bar like, yeah oh my God. or or a sex swing have you seen those yes have you used one of those no have you no i'm curious though i kind of want to i kind of want to try it yeah i mean maybe maybe i'll add that to my order mm-hmm, you should. i feel like it'd be fun yeah well especially considering the height difference that could that could uh, absolutely help me out a little bit yeah could avoid some of the cervical damage I have recently experienced. Yeah. God. Oh, God. It's so fucking painful. <laughs> can you bruise your cervix? I'm pretty I, sure you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Bro. That shit's not fun. No. Anyway. Let us know if you guys get anything. You don't have to tell us what you got if you don't want to. I, but, but I people have know. People have been telling us that they've been using I, our code. I <laughs> want to tell them about, like, what specifically the vibrator that we we've been loving Oh yeah. Um, I actually already had it pulled up because I put the link to it in our Patreon. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a good idea. But it's called Eve's Rechargeable Thrusting Rabbit, and it's typically ninety nine ninety five. So you could get slap a fifty percent off coupon on that. And honestly, the charge lasts a really long time. <laughs> I know. I haven't had to charge mine yet. I'm now. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to travel with this thing. <laughs> Maybe I'll buy it a little, a little bag. Yeah, a, a, a little, little case. Have its own suit. You could get its own little like pull along. That I can't not <laughs> look at it and think of like, look at me. <laughs> I am the captain now, and it is. It is the captain now. It really it it's is the captain of all my vibrators. It's, yeah, that's yeah. It's a new sheriff in town. <laughs> yeah, God, y'all, it's it's worth a hundred dollars. So the fact that you could get fifty percent off on this thing. That honestly, a hundred dollars is average pricing for vibrators which is yeah wild to be honest i mean i bought a vibrator from a different company i'm not gonna say their name because they're not gonna get free advertising yeah um but I, it was like 180 dollars. so not worth it Ooh, so not worth it it's happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. 
At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com So this is on LifeAndGoal.com and it is the stages of a romantic relationship. Um, I also believe there's a book. I'm going to have to take my sunglasses off for this because <laughs> I can't see my screen. Fuck, the sacrifices you make for this podcast. I know. I know. <laughs> um, but I, I thought this was really interesting. I have been like learning a lot about um, attachment theories lately um, just because I've wanted to learn more. You know, I am a secure attached partner um, and I wasn't always. So it's like interesting to for me to notice how I've changed and just like that it is possible to change because when you see people talking about attachment theory and stuff like on TikTok or whatever, it's kind of like everyone's accepting that that's how they are and not trying to change it. Right. It's like an you IQ know? score. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm anxious attached and this is what I do. And it's like, yeah, you can't, you can still be that way, but you should also be working towards like healing yourself. Totally. And that's evidence too, by like people like, the retaliation attachment styles that people mm. do to like adjust to other people's attachment styles. That's evidence enough that like you can, it changes. Yeah. Well, I had the disorganized attachment style. So that means like I would kind of take on whatever my partner was doing. I would do the opposite, I guess. So looking into attachment theories, I came across a woman on YouTube who was talking about attachment theories and applying them to the six stages. I wish I could remember her name. It's like Thais something. I have also seen her on TikTok. Um, so she's on YouTube. She's on TikTok. She's given advice. Um, but the six stages are the dating phase, the honeymoon phase, the power struggle phase, the stable phase, the commitment phase, and then the last phase is the blissful phase. Damn. Okay. So the dating phase is like very early on. Yeah. I would say like the dating phase is probably that first year, you mm -hmm. know, it's just like you're kind of getting established. Um, so this, it's a, this website says um, the dating phase means going through the early stages of a relationship before the two parties get too serious. In other words, it's the period when everyone gets to know each other without commitment or pressure from the outside. So, you know, like maybe like up to six months ish, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've felt like I was in this phase even into nine months. Wow. Um, even before the honeymoon phase. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, this is a very important stage for couples who want to take their relationship to the next level, obviously. Oh, they give a timeline. This period lasts from the beginning of courtship all the way to about three months at the average speed of relationships. I think maybe I felt like I was still in the dating phase because the person I was dating, like even nine months in, like we weren't very connected. Mm -hmm. We just, he was very routine and we just like never really progressed to a more intimate level. Okay. Um, emotionally. Um, but after this, at this stage, you will observe how fast you two connect with each other. You will notice that you really click or not. Most couples do not realize when they fall truly head over heels because they're strong attraction towards each other. Your main focus must be to make sure that you are truly happy with your future life partner. Don't rush into anything just yet. Um, the honeymoon phase is actually when most people get married. So wow. they do the dating phase. And then once they're in the honeymoon phase, that's typically when people decide to get married. That's so interesting because like in like society, just like layperson terms, everyone uses honeymoon phase as like the first the, like six months of the relationship. Yeah. And sure, the, that is a really fun time. Yeah. But I think it makes more sense to say like that is the dating stage because you're like, We've dated, we've had maybe like a couple like of conflicts here and there, but usually it's not anything very big, mm -hmm. you know, you haven't had to make any big decisions together. Yeah. And then when you're in the honeymoon phase, you know, you move in together, you like are happy and excited and like things are progressing in an obvious direction. So then both of you are like, we should get married. Things are going well, but you haven't really had any hard challenges. Yeah. Um. So... 
this website says now comes the honeymoon phase this phase is where you spend quality time together and slowly get closer to each other during this stage your communication level increases it's during this period that most partners begin to realize that they have fallen for each other um i think it's pretty obvious like you know we've all heard of the honeymoon stage but i did think it was very interesting that this is when most people decide that they want to get married it it's basically saying that um communication is the key to everything and I think that's true like when you're in the honeymoon phase you do need to already have a foundation of good communication and you should have been working on that from the beginning um and I don't mean just like talking regularly I mean like having honest conversations with each other even when it's hard Mm -hmm. um and then uh the next stage is the power struggle phase and this is when most couples break up Um, or get divorced if they did end up getting married in the honeymoon stage there's different types of power struggles Um, and this has its own link to look at so the different types of power struggles that you have are um, demand withdraw power struggle this occurs when one partner is constantly demanding things from the other and the other backs down instead of standing their ground This type of power struggle can lead to resentment and communication breakdowns as both parties don't feel respected or heard. Hmm. The second type is control avoidance power struggle. This type of power struggle occurs when one partner tries to control every aspect of their relationship and the other avoids conflict by not speaking up or taking action. This can lead to feelings of helplessness and frustration as well as lack of trust between partners. And then the third type is dominance submission power struggle. This type of power struggle occurs when one partner tries to dominate the other, either through physical force or emotional manipulation. This type of power struggle can lead to abuse and dangerous situations if not addressed quickly. Hmm. The fourth kind is hostile conflict power struggle. This type of power struggle occurs when partners are constantly in conflict with each other leading to tension and resentment this type of power struggle can be difficult to overcome as both parties feel like they're not being heard or respected which can lead to further breakdowns in communication and the advice for how to get out of the power struggle phase is take time to reflect on the situation talk it out with your partner agree on new boundaries and rules take responsibility for your actions and find ways to reconnect with each other and i was also looking up like (laughs) just different things about the power struggle phase and one of the commonly asked questions like on google was like can you avoid the power struggle phase and it's like no yeah the answer was no this is a phase every couple has to go through i think that's so important to know too because i think when some couples will go through it it's like oh no this is like not working clearly when it's like so it's just a thing that happens yeah well and sometimes the power struggle phase can just be as simple as like you know, if you're in a relationship where it's like the anxious avoidant cycle, it could just be an avoidant partner being like, this is too serious for me. I'm not ready. I want to end this relationship or um, like an avoidant partner just not communicating their feelings. And then the anxious partner probably picking up on that and being like, wanting to be closer and being more controlling and trying to control the outcome of the situation. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is like, if you do have an insecure attachment style, like you're automatically only going to be thinking about yourself when conflict arises. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to be thinking about how to protect yourself, how you're going to respond, how you want to like repair the relationship and not thinking about just like having empathy and like, figuring out how to talk about something in the moment yep you're thinking about how you want to make this feeling go away yes yeah and it's kind of like a sick joke that like it comes on the heels of the honeymoon phase because it's like everything is so so good and then things get like not so so bad but just like bad actually challenging yeah and it's like oh well the honeymoon phase is over like guess we're not supposed to be together and it's Mm -hmm. just easy to dip Mm-hmm. for a lot of people so it's just like that fucking sucks that that's the phase that like follows yeah such a happy place it it really does but the important thing is is like once you make it past the power struggle phase then you'll know like you'll make it to the stable phase and you'll have a lot more confidence in if this is the right like long-term relationship for you um, the stable phase is like 
you've overcome this conflict. You know how to resolve conflict together. Um, and this is the stage where you know each other well. Both of you have learned to accept the other for who they are. And in this stage, you can expect some changes. For example, you will probably get into a new habit, such as eating dinner together every night. Um, it just creates a lot of stability and a feeling of security, and it brings joy and peace of mind. Um, I've also read that like this is a phase where pe- couples start to they feel maybe a little bored with each other. Mm. And that makes sense because you have gone through all of these exciting stages and now you're finally in a a stable place. Yeah, yeah. That makes so much sense. Stability means that you're able to trust each other and depend depend on one another. The key to building this type of relationship is communication. We've already always said that, like communication is the key to Mm -hmm. literally anything. Yeah. Um, But... This means confidence that an individual can remain consistent and reliable. And I think like it is really hard to find consistency. Yeah. Um, Especially if like two people are insecurely attached. Yeah. It's hard to find stability. It's it's just hard to find stability anyway when you're just like two like autonomous beings. That's so that true. That like, have different moods and like, you know, are going through like different phases and cycles and... Like, just, like, having, like, a stressful time at work. Like, it's mm-hmm. stability is, like, I don't know if, a, like, a fully, a truly stable couple exists that I can think of off the top of my head. I also think, well, once you get to, like, a point, the way you would get to the point of stability is you would need to, you need to use the power struggle time to heal those attachment issues. Yeah. And, um like practice communicating in a different way that's more effective when you're faced with challenges and conflict like that is the chance for you to recognize like well I know that I'm anxiously attached and this is how I've been responding to things in my past relationships and it hasn't worked out for me so what can I do in the moment right now Mm -hmm. like I realized I'm triggered what can I do right now that is different to get the result that I want yeah, and to say how I'm actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's the same thing with a, if you're avoidant. Yeah. It's not just an anxious person. Like when you feel yourself pulling away and shutting down, you need to stop in that moment and think like, is this sincerely how I feel and what I think? Or is this me falling back into a pattern that I feel is safe mm-hmm. because it's predictable yeah and I don't have to be vulnerable yeah and then after the stability stage when you know couples start to feel maybe a little bored because they've overcome all this conflict and the honeymoon stage and the dating stage um the commitment phase is the fifth phase uh commitment is also known as being faithful oh lord (laughs) obviously I would have hoped that by this point you would be faithful and monogamous if you are choosing to be monogamous. Um, but this is the phase where you two have decided to be together regardless of the challenges ahead. And I think that is like such a great way to explain commitment in general is deciding to be together regardless of challenges. Mm-hmm. So you've overcome the power struggle phase. You have moved into the stability phase where things have kind of really settled in. And now you're in the commitment phase where you're like, yeah, we have overcome hard shit. And we still made it through and in the stability phase you're choosing to be together and then the commitment phase you're like yeah shit's gonna get hard sometimes but we've already dealt with hard things Mm -hmm. and now we can we know we can manage it moving forward and in the stability phase like we've learned what we love about each other yeah ideally you would be getting married in the commitment phase and not the honeymoon phase right because you you will have gone through difficult things and know mm -hmm. at that point yeah totally I kind of feel like you know at our age we end up seeing those couples who got married really young if they like rushed into it and they haven't learned how to overcome the the power struggle stage we're seeing them get divorced now yeah because they can't get out of it and then last is the blissful phase Um, This is the final phase where you two have been through so many ups and downs throughout your relationship. This is a stage where you two are like soulmates and choose each other every day. And I think that's important. Like once you get past all of the drama of like being an excitement early on in a relationship, 
I heard someone recently explain it as like falling in love. It it happens to you. You're Mm -hmm. falling. You don't have any control. Yeah. And then once you have, you're no longer falling in love. Um, you have to choose the partner that you're with. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not going to be this passive thing that's happening to you. It is now requiring action. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And I just, I don't think that like a lot of people realize that like you have to continue to, to like be present with the partner that you have chosen. Yeah. And you chose them for a reason. So remind yourself of that. Yeah. But like it does become a choice at some point. Mm hmm. And I don't think, like, I guess maybe I didn't fully realize that until this relationship, too, the relationship I'm in now, because, um, like, I'm past the point of, like, it being thrilling and having butterflies and, like, you know the person well enough that you're like, yeah, I'm choosing to be with this person now. Yeah. I'm not with them because I need them. I'm not with them because... It's just like fun and exciting and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So you're in it because you want to be in it. Exactly. And you want to keep working at it. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So often online, we just see like hyperbolic conversations. There's no nuance where no one knows what's going on in another person's relationship specifically. And people are just like bandwagoning, like you need to break up with him. Like that's so disrespectful, whatever. And Sure. Sometimes that is warranted if it's like a really dangerous red flag. But like you also need to consider that conflict in a relationship is important. Mm -hmm. It's important to know that you can actually overcome conflict. Yeah. Um, Because I don't want to end up in a relationship where like we haven't had any challenges or conflict. And then we like decide to get married. And then when conflict actually arises, it becomes messy and but you also like learn so much about like your relationship and the other person when there's like conflict happens like yeah and it's like it could be something stupid like like you don't wash your dishes right away Mm -hmm. you know like that's a thing that like you have to like you have to know that you can like argue with someone yeah it's such an important thing and it doesn't even just show you how they argue it shows you so much about them Mm -hmm. like like emotions like how they open up like there's just all of these parts of like like when you don't have that you're not seeing like a full picture of someone. Well, and yeah, because you need to figure out, yeah, it, how they argue or just generally how they handle conflict. Because I would say we're not really arguers. Yeah. It's more of just like this is the conflict. And of course, we both will feel a different way about something that is causing conflict. But I have to say it's nice that we're never like arguing about it specifically. Mm-hmm. Sure, maybe like there'll be like a little like snapping back and forth of like I don't like how you said this to me yeah <laughs> and then it's like okay well this is how I was feeling does that make sense and it's like yeah but even when you feel that way can you please talk to me differently yeah and then that's that it, yeah but when it comes to more serious and bigger challenges it's more like this is the problem that we're experiencing right now and we both need to be very honest with each other about how we're feeling and what we think and realize that it's not all going to be solved overnight. Yeah. Um, but the thing that makes me just feel like I'm thankful for conflict Mm -hmm. and I'm thankful we're at a point where like we are having important conflict because I want to know myself, like if we can actually overcome this, then this is a relationship that I want to be in. And if we can't, then it's going to be a mutual understanding that this is not the right relationship for us. And I think that's also like something I've been working towards in general. Um, Like I don't want my relationships to be like surprising. Yeah. Um, The way my therapists have talked about it is like, if you are both honest with how you're feeling, and that that doesn't mean just like saying how you feel. It means understanding your own feelings, understanding the thing that is triggering you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that means I'm not I, I feel like I'm just falling all over my words today. Sp- like very explicitly 
knowing your childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and when that feeling is coming up for you because that is going to like inform your behavior yeah um the whole idea of like conflict and like arguments whenever those do come up like being able to advocate for yourself in those moments too is such a skill that like Mm -hmm. not everybody can do like I recently got good at advocating for myself because like I that's something you have to practice you have to practice it I'm so used to just kind of being like yeah but anything's fine with me because truly like a lot of things I can just kind of like be fine with you know what I mean like yeah I know exactly what you mean but like it it doesn't when you want to build like a lifelong relationship with someone potentially like you're not going to just be like fine whatever about things for forever Mm -hmm. like you kind of have to shift how you talk about things and that's like the kindest thing that you can do for yourself is to actually like bring things up when they're bugging you and getting to the root of them like you know like realizing that you have an avoided attachment style like it really does help facilitate those conversations to know where it's coming from because like you said like it makes it less personal yeah too not only for your partner to hear but also for yourself to be like oh I'm this way because of this exactly exactly well and the thing that had helped me like change from a disorganized attachment style to secure attachment style was obviously therapy, but then also this relationship with him. At the beginning of our relationship, I was able to practice the things that were so hard for me mm-hmm. and, and approach him with conversations about how I was feeling about something. And that is uncomfortable. You're doing something you've never done before and yeah. you don't know how to do. It's outside of your comfort zone, but that is how you heal. Coming to like the realizations of your own childhood attachment and trauma is like a really overwhelming experience mm-hmm. and it's it's really challenging it feels so hard yeah um you're just having this kind of like upheaval yeah. of emotion and I, I can only imagine like being in a relationship while having these kinds of major realizations is really difficult because you're like, how do I balance like me discovering myself while being in a relationship right. with another person? That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, like we're, that's the thing. Like I've said this before, I don't know on the podcast, but I say all the time off the podcast, it's incredible to me that relationships ever work out Yeah. because like there's, there has to be two people that are choosing to keep doing the work together. Yeah. And like, you it's all it's a process like you're always like you said like you learned how to have you know do all of this work but you're still like learning how to be like a better listener and and that's what it is it's always like learning and growing and evolving and when you have somebody yeah, that I'm choosing to stay in this relationship and learn these lessons. right and you have that's the thing like you have to like if you have somebody that's like like indignant about like oh I've already done all this work and clearly it's not working it's like that happens I see that happening so often and it's mm-hmm. like no you kind of always have to be working and that's exactly bonkers to me that it ever works out and I've seen so many successful relationships so I know that it does it's just like you, you have how, to keep choosing each there? other yeah. and like the work and the adjustment is so uncomfy like when I first started like speaking up for myself for example I was texting you a lot that I was like I had this difficult conversation and I just like couldn't stop crying and it was either you or Katie that like helped me realize that it's like I keep getting shut down when I was bringing up these things that were difficult to bring up and it's mm-hmm. it was like oh yeah you finally do the work to like bring it up and then somebody shuts you down and it can be so it feels so easy just to like retreat and be like I'm just not gonna bring things up again and yeah. you can't you can't do that that's so true if I didn't get the chance to practice that successfully in this relationship now I would probably have responded the same way mm-hmm. it's so much easier just to retreat mm-hmm. but it's not like it's easier in the moment but in the long run it's not because you're not advocating for yourself yeah and that can be really scary when like you start advocating for yourself and like conversations start getting difficult to feel like oh like what, what if we can't get through hard things and maybe you can't you know like maybe yeah, it's not the right relationship is, for you as long as you are looking at it as like a learning opportunity mm-hmm. then it'll feel less like shitty Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's the only way I could think of explaining it yeah I've accepted that a relationship can end at any time yeah because people change Mm -hmm. you're gonna change your partner's gonna change you might end up changing in different directions and you need to allow yourself the the ability to end a relationship with someone yeah because it can feel so like if you're in your head like oh I don't want this person to ever leave or like I want this relationship to last forever. Like you're kind of putting yourself in a box where you're not 
Like if if the relationship doesn't work out, it's going to be more painful, you know? Yeah. Like I it's it's less like oh, well, this relationship could end at any time and I'm going to be a pessimist about it. It's more like I want to have the choice to change my mind. Yeah. If this relationship can't survive challenges anymore. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like it also kind of when when a relationship feels like finite too, it it's like you almost like protect it. You know, like it, it's like a different kind of like fostering its care because it's like this well, this could the, just not last for forever yeah that's also going to be the thing that is like triggering this like anxious avoidant chasing cycle mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i think we should wrap this up because this episode is already going to be a fucking mess a, a mess to edit yeah liz is um gonna get a nobel prize for editing the episode after what we just went through this entire episode so i hope y'all it's, enjoyed it it's giving mercury retrograde i can't believe we're back in a fucking retrograde the direct planet direct was all planets direct was good that felt good it felt like hell for me so oh so you're happy in some ways i'm like is astrology real <laughs> <laughs> like having a whole it's a cornerstone it. of my personality <laughs> now i'm questioning it <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, sing us out. We love you, our children. Excuse. Wow, I really thought I was gonna be on my own for that one. I panicked. This Mother's Day, show your love with the gift of warmth and comfort from Minky Couture. Wrap her in luxury with our ultra-soft, handcrafted blankets designed to bring joy and relaxation. From elegant floral patterns to vibrant colors, there's a Minky Couture blanket for every mom. Celebrate the extraordinary woman in your life with a gift she'll cherish forever. Shop now at MinkyCouture.com because every mom deserves to feel cherished.